Secret number one, the secret formula. It was 11.27 a.m. on a Monday morning, and no matter what I told myself, I just couldn't get out of bed. The muscles in my body ached, although it didn't make sense. I knew I wasn't sore from exercise because I hadn't worked out. I had a sick feeling in my stomach that felt like the flu, but I knew I wasn't sick. In my head, I was wishing that I had a boss so that he or she could fire me and end this nightmare that I knew I had to face as soon as I finally stumbled out of bed. How had I gotten here? Just a few years earlier, I had officially become an entrepreneur and launched my own company. And despite a lot of mistakes along the way, I was having some moderate success. The company I started was profitable. We were serving people and making a difference, but for some reason, I was miserable. I thought back and tried to figure out where I had made the wrong turn. The more I thought about it, the more I started to realize that I didn't love the customers I was serving. But why? Was something wrong with me or was it something different? A few weeks later, I was having a conversation with one of my entrepreneur friends, and I told him how I was feeling. He smiled at me and said, if you don't like your customers, that's your fault, not theirs. You attract your customers based on the content and the offers that you put into the marketplace. And then he said the line that I'll never forget. If you change your bait, you'll change your customers. Immediately, I had one of those mind-blowing moments where I realized that when I got started, I never knew who I wanted to serve. Instead, I got excited about a product idea. I threw it into the market, and I waited for whoever was attracted to it to come. Unfortunately, the people who came with the offers I put into the marketplace were not the people that I enjoyed being with. I then asked myself a powerful question that changed everything for me. Who is the person that I really want to serve? Up to that point in my business, I had never asked myself that question. I had been trying to sell to anyone and everyone that I could. I had focused all my efforts on creating a good product without any thought about who I actually wanted to serve. While focusing on the product sounded smart at first, it left me tired, frustrated, and empty inside. If I were to pick my dream customers, who were they? What did they look like? And what were the offers I could create that would attract them? This is also the first question you need to ask yourself when starting your new company or making the shift to truly grow your existing company. Question number one, who is your dream customer? The first question you have to ask yourself is who do I actually want to work with? Most of us start with a product idea, never thinking about who we want as clients or customers. Yet these are the people you'll be interacting with day in and day out. You'll oftentimes spend more time with these people than your own friends and family. You choose your significant other carefully, so why wouldn't you take the same time and care in deciding who your dream client or customer will be? If you're just getting started, this may not seem important, but I promise you, if you don't consciously choose your dream client, one day you will wake up like I did, working with people who exhaust you and wishing that someone would fire you from the business that you created. After I had successfully launched my first software company, a lot of people took notice of my success online and began asking me how I started my company. Because I saw the demand, I thought it would be fun to teach others how to start their own businesses online. The good thing was there were a lot of people who wanted to start businesses, and we made a lot of money teaching them. But the downside was that most of them didn't have any money and couldn't invest in the higher ticket things I wanted to sell. Many had no business experience, so I had to spend tons of time on the fundamentals, and that drove me crazy, which is one of the many reasons why I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning. I had so much value I wanted to provide people, showing how I had scaled my companies, teaching conversion secrets, and how we structured our funnels, but 99% of my time was spent showing them how to buy a domain and set up hosting. I literally spent years serving these customers, and it made me miserable. My family suffered, and no matter how much money we made, I wasn't happy. It took years before I sat back and actually thought about the who. I realized I had overlooked some pretty important questions such as, who are my dream clients? What do they look like? What are they passionate about? What are their goals, dreams, and desires? What are the offers that I could create that would attract them and repel everyone else? 
After about a week of thinking about the who question, I sat down and created two customer avatars, one for the men I wanted to work with and one for the women I wanted to work with. For the women, I picked a name and I wrote it down, Julie. Then I listed out the things about the Julie that I wanted to serve. She is successful and driven. She has a message to share. She values her own personal growth over money. And she's already started a business and had some success, but wants to learn how to grow it. Next, I wrote down the name Mike. Next to Mike's name, I wrote out the things that I knew about him. He was a former athlete. At some point, he'd helped change someone's life in a small way and wants to learn how to help more people. He values growth over money, and he's already built his business, but wants more impact and feels a need to learn how to grow it. Then I went to Google Images. I typed in Julie and the characteristics I'd written out. Within minutes, I had found a picture that looked like the woman in my mind. I did the same for Mike, and within minutes, I had both pictures of my dream customers printed and hanging on my wall. At the time, this seemed like a silly exercise, but just last month, I hosted a private event here in my office in Boise, Idaho with 100 of my top entrepreneurs that I serve. Each of them paid me $50,000 to be in that meeting. Each of them had businesses that make a minimum of a million dollars per year, and each of them were my dream clients. I stood up and told them that I had written something about one of them, and I wanted to see if they could guess who I was talking about. I read aloud the characteristics for both Mike and Julie. When I asked them to raise their hands if they thought I was talking about them, almost every hand in the group went up. I told them that six years earlier, I had written out my dream customer avatar and had focused on creating offers and producing content that would attract that exact person. Six years later, I was sitting in a room with 100 of the exact people that I had set out to attract just a few short years earlier. As I said, this may seem like a silly exercise, but it's important that you do it anyway. It will change your business, and for most of you reading, it will likely change your life. Really spend some time thinking about who you want to work with. Write out their characteristics and then go find an actual picture to represent them. It's amazing how your perspective changes when you have a physical picture of your ideal client instead of a hazy, half-formed image in your head. John Lee Dumas from the Entrepreneur on Fire podcast recently shared at one of our events how he crafted his dream listener when he first launched his podcast. When I was trying to figure out what I wanted Entrepreneur on Fire to be, I was overwhelmed because it was hard for me to find the path that I wanted to take my listeners on. When I really sat down and said, okay, my listener or my avatar is Jimmy. He's 37 years old. He has a wife and two kids, ages three to five. He drives by himself to work every single day. It's a 25 minute commute to work. He gets to a cubicle at a job he hates for nine hours. He gets done with his job, drives home, and it's a 35 minute commute home. He gets stuck in a little bit of traffic. He gets home and hangs out with his kids, has dinner with his family, puts his kids to bed, hangs out with his wife, and then he has a little Jimmy pity party at the end of every single night because he's sitting on the couch asking himself, why do I spend 90% of my waking hours doing things that I don't enjoy, commuting to a job I don't like, being at a job I don't like, commuting home, and only 10% of my waking hours doing things that I love, like spending time with my kids and my family. Jimmy is my avatar. He's the person that, as he's driving to work, should be listening to Entrepreneur on Fire so that when my guest is sharing their worst entrepreneurial moments, he can understand that it's okay to fail. You can learn lessons from failure. And when he's driving home and my guest talks about their aha moment, he can talk about how you take an aha moment and turn it into success. And then, instead of having that pity party at night by himself on a couch, he can listen to the lightning rounds where my guest is sharing their best advice they've ever had, their favorite books or their favorite resources, so that he can start to put together the pieces of the puzzle. So for me, whenever I come up to any question I have about the direction of my podcast, I go to my avatar and I say, WWJD, what would Jimmy do? And I know from that one answer that that's the way I got to go. So if you sit down and really say, hey, this is really the one perfect listener of my podcast. 
Then you go into it knowing that person inside and out. You're going to know where that person hangs out, what Facebook groups they're in, what LinkedIn groups they're in, how to advertise to them, and what lead or ad is going to be appealing to them on Facebook that's going to get them to download it. And again, this is your ideal perfect client. You can probably picture right now this person that whenever he sits down in front of you and you're like, dude, you're like my favorite client. And he's like, I know, I'm your favorite client. That's the person that you want to be drawing in. So if you sit down and really just figure out who your perfect one ideal listener is, everything changes from that point forward. And all the decisions you make are based off of that. So every piece of content you make for your podcast is speaking to that avatar, that one person. Every call to action you give, every intro and every outro is for a specific purpose. A few years ago, two members of my inner circle high-end coaching program, Dean and Robin Holland, had launched a makeup cosmetic brush company in the UK. They developed these special brushes because Robin suffers from a condition called polyistic ovarian syndrome, PCOS, and the brushes she created helped her to apply makeup and feel more confident about herself. So they did what any good entrepreneur would do and found someone to create the brushes, spent a small fortune in inventory, built out a funnel, and started selling them to women around the world who needed cosmetic brushes. After two years of selling these brushes, almost nothing happened. They had no momentum and almost no sales. Then one day, they had the big epiphany. As Robin was looking back in the mirror, she realized that her dream customer was staring back at her. Her avatar wasn't all the women who use makeup. That was too broad. Her market was women like her who were suffering from PCOS. What if instead of trying to sell the brushes to all women, they changed their customer avatar to look just like the person who was looking back at her in the mirror? So they changed their dream customer avatar, which caused them to change the words on their landing pages in their funnels to speak specifically to that person. And then they changed the ads to be the bait that would hook their dream person. They rebuilt their company to focus on their dream customer first, and it changed everything. Their makeup company went from making about $34,000 the entire previous year to making over $100,000 in the first 60 days after changing and focusing on their dream customer. Honestly, they would have done a lot more than $100,000, but they blew through an entire year's worth of inventory in those two short months and had to shut off their ads while they rush ordered new products to keep up with the demand. The change didn't come from changing their products. It came from changing who their dream customers were and then speaking directly to and attracting them. That is the first question you need to ask inside of the secret formula. Who is your dream customer? Question number two, where are your dream customers congregating? The next question in the secret formula is where can you find your dream customers? Where are they already congregating online? The real power of the internet is the power of congregations. Groups of people gathering in little corners of the internet make it possible for people like you and me to get into business quickly and be successful without all the barriers and expensive hurdles of traditional media. When I say the word congregation, what's the first thing that pops into your head? For most people, the word congregation brings to mind a church. A church is really nothing more than a group of people who are gathered based on similar interests. For example, each week the Baptists all congregate based on similar beliefs and values. The Catholics also congregate, and so do the Mormons, Seventh-day Adventists, Muslims, and Jews, right? So if I were selling a product for Mormons, where would I go to sell it? Of course, I would go to the Mormon church. All my dream customers would all be there together. All I'd have to do is put my message out in front of them, and if I made a good offer, some of them would buy. Now, I want to stop here before this analogy goes any deeper, because my point is not to teach you how to sell things to churches. I just want you to understand the power of congregation because it's one of the main reasons the internet is such an amazing tool for businesses. Prior to the internet, it was hard for people around the world to congregate. We were limited by location and ability to communicate. But now it's possible for anyone and everyone to congregate and discuss almost anything with groups of people who have similar interests. 
When I was in high school, there were five or six kids who would get together every day at lunch and play card games. One of the games was called Magic the Gathering. They would congregate each day at lunch and play the games they loved. I'm sure there were a handful of kids in high schools all over the country doing the same thing, unaware of one another. Before the internet, that's how things worked. You were kind of limited based on your geography. You might not be close to other people in your congregation. As a marketer, I would have found it difficult to reach five kids at one high school and three at another high school and six or seven in yet another. It would have cost too much money to be successful. Yet now, thanks to the internet, those five or six kids in my high school can congregate with others all over the world to play Magic the Gathering online. They can hang out on forums and play games with people halfway across the world. Now, if I had a product to sell to congregations of people who love Magic the Gathering, it's easy and economical to go online, find where they are, and get my message in front of them. Here's another example. I was a wrestler in college, and every night all the student athletes had to spend two hours in study hall to make sure we got our homework done. Naturally, I would sit next to my wrestling buddy and we'd goof off online. I remember looking over one day and noticing that all my friends were looking at the exact same website. It was themat.com, a website for wrestlers. We were all chatting about what had happened that month in the wrestling world and commenting on the big matches that we were excited to see. Every single person on my college wrestling team was in the study lab for two hours every night hanging out on themat.com and talking about wrestling rather than doing our homework. Interestingly, this is likely happening in every single university around the country. Add in all of the high school wrestlers as well as their parents and other wrestling fans and fanatics, and you can see that almost anyone in the world who cares about wrestling were all in the same spot online, congregating and talking about the sport that we love. Now, if I had a wrestling product, what would I do to sell it? I would find the existing congregation of wrestling fans, and I would put out my bait in front of them. It's simple. There are congregations online for everything you can dream up. What are the online congregations that you participate in? My guess is there are at least a dozen or more things that you're interested in that you have a special place on the internet that you go to be with your people and talk about what's important to you. I want you to now start thinking about congregations as they relate back to your dream customer. What are the congregations that they are already participating in? Start asking yourself these questions. What are the top websites that my dream customers already go to? What forums or message boards do they participate in? What are the Facebook groups they participate in? Who are the influencers they follow on Facebook and Instagram? What podcasts do they listen to? What are the email newsletters they're subscribed to? What blogs do they read? What channels are they following on YouTube? What keywords are they searching for in Google to find information? Once you understand the core concept of congregations, driving traffic becomes incredibly easy. My job as a marketer is to figure out who it is I want to serve and then figure out where they are already congregating. Question number three, what is the bait, hook, story, and offer that you'll use to attract your dream customers? Once we know where our dream customers are, we have to create the right hooks to grab their attention. The hooks are the ads that will grab their attention of your dream customer just long enough for you to tell them a story. The goal of the story is to build rapport with them as well as break the false beliefs that they have that would keep them from taking you up on your offer. The offer is the thing you've created for your dream customers so you can give them the results they desire. If you do this step correctly, it will repel the customers you don't want to serve and attract the right customers to you. As my company moved away from selling to beginners and started attracting our dream customers, our first step was to create new offers that would attract a Mike or Julie. The first new offer I created was called .com Secrets Labs, 108 Proven Split Test Winners. This offer worked great for us because most beginners don't know what a split test is, but we knew that Julie and Mike, our dream customers, would know what those terms meant and they'd be hungry to get their hands on that information. Within days of launching this new offer, we had thousands of dream clients lining up to work with us. 
When you find out what your dream clients want, it becomes very easy to attract them. Throughout this book, we're going to talk more about creating the right offers. Right now, just realize the offer has to match what your dream customer wants. Because the step in the formula has its own framework called Hook Story Offer, I dedicated all of the next chapter, secret number two, to going deep into that framework. Question number four, what is the unique result or value that you create for your dream customer? Once you've hooked your dream customer with the perfect offer, the last question is what result or value do you want to give to them? I'm not talking about what product or service you want to sell them. A business is not about products and services. A business is about what results you can get for your clients. Once you and they understand that concept, the price is no longer a barrier. For me, I know that the best way that I can serve my dream client is to give them a funnel that works for them, that gives them consistent leads or sales, whichever result they want. And the best way for me to deliver that to them is for me to just do it all for them. That's how I can have my deepest impact and serve my clients at the highest level. Ideally, this is where I would take all of my customers. That type of service is not cheap, but the results I can deliver at that level are amazing. To put it in perspective, for that service, my company used to charge $1 million upfront plus a large percentage of sales. I understand that many of my customers won't be able to pay me for that level of service, which is why we develop other products and services. But understanding where you ultimately want to take the dream client is the key to the step. Imagine that your client could pay you anything to get a desired result. What then would you do to help guarantee their success? Where would you lead them? What does that place look like? Keep that place in your mind. It's the pinnacle of success for your client. It's where you want to take them. The framework for this step in the secret formula is called the value ladder. It'll be broken down in greater detail in secret number three, and we'll show you how to ascend your customers so that you can make more money and they can receive more value. And that's it. The four questions to the secret formula again are as follows. First, who is your dream customer? Second, where are they congregating? Third, what is the bait that you can use to attract them to you? And fourth, what is the unique result that you can create for them?